Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, normally we sing that hymn and we talk about the ascension. And while we don't have an ascension service anymore here at First English, uh, it's on Thursday. Uh, we will be having an ascension service at Christ the King this coming Thursday at 6.30. And so you're invited to go to Christ the King. I'll be on vacation, but, but uh, Thursday at 6.30 uh, we talk about the ascension. So I'm not going to talk about it today. I'm going to go back to our regular text, but normally this would be an Ascension Sunday, and we'd be talking about that important event. Our text today from Revelation, it says, Come, and I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Dear friends of Christ, John was privileged to see uh, something that few people in history have ever been able to see. He saw the end. He saw the end of all time. And of course, he saw visions of heaven, what it looks like in the new heaven and the new earth. And, and of course, we're still in the season of Easter. We're still in the season of Christ's resurrection. We're still in the book of Revelation. And John wrote, The angel showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. The new Jerusalem is heaven. So John saw earth before Christ returned. And at that time, not only did he see heaven, he also saw earth before heaven on earth. Earth just before Christ comes isn't a pretty place. The earth is sinful and it's dark and it's evil and it's unbelieving. The church still exists, though. The church never disappears the people of God remain to the end, though at that time they are few in number. So as we near those dark days, it will be more and more difficult to cling to the faith. We will see our children wandering away. Those in the pews will become fewer and sparse. And Paul, or John, saw all that. So you understand the problem. Things are going to get worse and worse. John saw that. He saw the Christians being persecuted. He saw believers being mocked and laughed at. He saw Christians being killed and martyred. He saw Christians suffering. He saw the earth filled with false teachers. Churches that were no longer preaching the Word of God. People sitting in the pews but not hearing the truth of the Bible. They are pastors, but they're pastors who don't know their word very well. They sound godly, but they're false teachers because they leave the cross of Christ out of everything. And of course, Jesus' blood then becomes a meaningless message if you take away sin. There's no reason for Jesus to die if there is no sin. In the end, because of the false teaching, many are going to wander away from God. Many wander away from, from God's Word. They wander away from Jesus. And they're not able to confess. As a matter of fact, in, in the Christians in that end last days refuse to confess. They refuse to acknowledge they're sinful. They refuse to acknowledge they're broken. They'll acknowledge there's a generic sin, but it's not so condemning. 
It's not so damning. And people who refuse to confess their sin and their broken condition can't see the necessity of Christ. If you don't realize that you're broken, you can't understand what grace means or what forgiveness means or the need of it. People who refuse to confess, refuse to seek God's grace, refuse the power of the blood of Jesus. If you refuse to confess your sin, you can't be saved. You'll never be the bride of Christ, but if you do, well, then Christ's blood covers you. The Lamb has saved the bride, His church. And so we have our theme for the day. The wife of the Lamb. The wife of the Lamb. That's what you are. Now, there are two different definitions we have for the church. One is the church militant. Now, you can look this up in your hymnals because there's a section in there, church militant. And then there's a section in there, church triumphant. And if those are new words to you, well, the church militant is the church here on earth. The church triumphant is the church when we're all finally with the Lord on the new earth with our new bodies resurrected. The church militant is a difficult place. What we call today is a church militant. And we're in a battle. This is the battle. This is the battlefield we're currently fighting. It's a battle against sin, it's a battle against death and darkness, it's a battle against unbelief, it's a battle against Satan's lies, and Satan's lies are everywhere, in sexuality, in marriage, Satan's lies are everywhere, leading us astray, and we battle against all that, and John had a vision of the militant church and their struggles and the false teachers. He also had a vision of the church triumphant, where Christ has returned and all the people of God are standing before the throne. We talked about that last week. And the devil is gone, and all sin is gone, and the false teachers are gone. And we live in that eternal victory. And and of course, at that point, uh, you know, the church is celebrating. The church is triumphant. We're triumphant today. We just don't have that final victory yet, right? But the victory is ours. So I'm not saying that as we live as a church militant, we don't have a victory. We do. Lift high the cross. The cross is our victory. Jesus is our victory. Of course we have the victory. It's just we haven't received our resurrected bodies yet. And you need to understand, life in the militant church is never easy. Believing in this world isn't easy. During these last days, Satan is alive and well. And there will be, there is a battle. A daily battle against his lies. Ephesians 6 tells us that the church militant will fight against rulers, against the authorities of this earth, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces in heavenly realms. There is opposition. There's a Mike Tyson in the, in the ring with us. And what are you to do? Well, the Bible says read your Bible. Keep His Word. Pray. Pray, Lord, give me strength. Give me strength to endure. To deny the opposition. To stand against unbelief. 
And then the Holy Spirit will come to you. The Holy Spirit will come and He will help you and He will guide you. He'll help you see the future glory that is ours in Christ Jesus. He'll help you see the church triumphant, what's coming. You are the wife of the Lamb. You are the promise, the bride of Christ. So we know that in the end, when Jesus returns, everything's going to be okay. Things may not be okay with you today. Sin may be having its way with you in in whatever ways sin has its way with you. But as we transition from the church militant to the church triumphant, wouldn't it be great if we could just see for a moment what John got to see? Get a glimpse of the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. See that beautiful city to see what John saw. Listen, don't be confused. There are two different types of Jerusalems when the Bible talks about it. There's the earthly Jerusalem and there's the heavenly Jerusalem. The earthly Jerusalem is the Jerusalem you can travel to today. I've been there. You can can go to the Jerusalem today and see those ancient walls that surround the city. You can walk the streets. You can go to the Temple Mount where Jesus Christ was crucified. You can see all the places where Jesus once walked. However, the heavenly Jerusalem is a place where you can't go. At least not yet. That's heaven. And so, it's a church of God. It's a, place, it's a place where all the saints of God are. It's a place where we all will be. It's the presence of God's eternal glory. That's where you're heading, to live in the presence of God's glory. Are you ready? Do you even know what that means? You're going to be living in the presence of the glory of God. You know what it means to see God face to face? Can you explain that to me? Can you describe the feeling? Can you put it into words? The church triumphant is the wife of the Lamb. And heaven is filled by all those who have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. So it's all about the Lamb. Christ's blood. We're the people who will be there. And John describes the beauty of this new Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem. It's shown with the glory of God. Figurative language, metaphors, kind of like if I don't see it today, tomorrow, or ever again, I'll see it at the cross, a metaphor, a picture, image to help us think what it might be look like. The New Jerusalem is shown to the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel like jasper, clear as crystal. Remember the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem as the angels showed up and announced the birth of Christ and the glory of the Lord shone around them. What's it like to see the glory of the Lord? Peter, James, and John were with Jesus when he walked up the Mount of Transfiguration. And then he got up in the Transfiguration. All of a sudden, his face changed and he began to shine with all his glory. One day you're going to see his glory. Matter of fact, the Bible says you will shine You will radiate the glory of Christ. What does that even mean? The brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. As you transition from the church militant to the church triumphant, 
Satan is defeated. Suffering, pain, sickness, no more. He's been cast into the lake of the eternal fire. Nothing will hurt you. Nothing can harm you. You're safe. You're secure in the arms of Jesus for all eternity. It's the new heavenly Jerusalem, but how do you know you're going to be there? How do you know you're going to be in his presence? Well, we can't tell that by looking at ourselves. I have nothing divine here. Nothing here that is worthy of standing in the presence of the almighty, perfect, and powerful God. The one who condemns sin in me. Nothing in me that deserves that kind of perfect place and that wonderful promise of a perfect heaven. No, you know what you deserve. and You know you deserve what I deserve. The place that's reserved for Satan and his angels. The Bible calls it the eternal lake of fire. The Bible calls it eternal darkness. A place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what we deserve. However, we have a Savior. We have a Lamb who shed His blood, paid the price. A Lamb who's taken away our sins so you don't have to worry about that horrible place. You don't have to worry about that horrible place. Jesus gives you hope. John writes, come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He also writes, they won the victory over Satan because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And John the Baptist summed it all up when he pointed to Jesus and he said, behold, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb. John wrote about heaven. The city had 12 foundations, and on those 12 foundations were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The 12 apostles. Where did you come from? Where did the bride of Christ come from? From where has the church come? History. From the twelve apostles. According to God's plan, He sent His Son, the Lamb, to shed the blood. And that's all been passed on by the apostles. That truth has been passed on. Church is built on history. The church militant, the church triumphant, built on history. Passed down by the twelve tribes of ancient Israel. Passed on by the twelve apostles of the New Testament. The city of God, heaven, had twelve gates. And the twelve gates had twelve angels. And the gates, on the gates, were the twelve names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. The Christian church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That's why Paul wrote, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners, you're not aliens, but you're fellow citizens with God's people. You're members of God's household, but on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as our chief cornerstone. You know, we're not a people who stand alone in time and history. We stand with the church militant. We stand with the church triumphant. We are the bride of Christ, and we join a people of old with a promise of old. And we stand with people of history. Jesus is the cornerstone. 
the cornerstone of the church. 1 Peter 2 says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a new Jerusalem, a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone on which the whole church stands and falls. Come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And because of Jesus, we sing, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Look to Jesus. He's our Savior. He's, he's your victory. And as you cling to Him, you can be certain that He'll keep His promise. He'll keep His word. That you'll be there. Someday, you're going to bask in the eternal glory of the Lamb. What does it mean to be in His glory? Just before Jesus died, He prayed, Father, I want those You have given me to be with me where I am going and to see my glory. All they've known me is a man who suffered and died. I want them to see me in my glory. I want them to stand in the presence of my glory. Can you put that into words, church triumphant? John just tried to describe the church triumphant. The heavenly Jerusalem. He described it as walls of Jerusalem that were over a thousand feet high. Pretty spectacular. Streets paved in pure gold. Pearly gates. Precious stones everywhere. This is God's way of trying to describe what you just can't put into words. What does it mean to one day stand in the glory of God? How do you describe what it's like to live in the presence of God's perfect love, that divine glory? Well, human words can't. can't. Human words can't explain it. The words are insufficient to describe what it means to live in the love of Jesus. How do you describe love that continually emanates from God the Father, love that continually emanates from the Holy Spirit? How do you describe that? One day we'll know. One day you bask in it. One day you live in the presence forever of His divine glory. And I want you to know that that future reality gives you hope today for the church militant. That future reality enables you to endure all the dark moments, all the opposition, to stand at church triumphant, to lift high the cross, to keep His Word until you die, yes, you will suffer. Christians suffer. But Christ will return. Live in that hope. Look at Jesus. Look at His church. Look at the bride. Look at one another and rejoice in the promise we have. John said it this way, Come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.